asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Let's be honest, the first place our family turns to when we're looking for a quick getaway is always Airbnb. I know we can find an amazing place to stay at the beach, like St. Simons on the Georgia coast, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's one of our favorite spots. That's what comes to mind, Matt, when I'm thinking about travel. And while you're staying at someone else's home, have you ever thought about what you could be doing with your own home? That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you are away because that is all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room if you've got one. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're talking about using credit cards like a pro. All right, Matt, first thing on everybody's minds after last week, this awesome giveaway we have to update people on. Yeah, thanks to uh, everybody that got on our Instagram and uh, figured out how to uh, how to register and be a part of our giveaway. And thanks to Republic Wireless as well for uh, giving us that sweet giveaway, man. They totally hooked us up with that and we couldn't have done it without them. Yeah, sweet deal. $350 towards a new phone and a lot of phones are free because with that. Yeah. And uh, three months of free service. And as you guys know from, from listening to the last episode too, we're fans of Republic Wireless. No matter what, their plan pricing is just you know among the cheapest out there. And uh, they've all, they got great phones. You can bring your own. Just a great company to consider doing business with. Yeah, so you want to uh, announce who? Yeah, Matt. So the winner is, drum roll please, Brian Sebesma. Brian, thanks for following us on Instagram. Thanks for entering our giveaway. Uh, it was a lot of fun. We'll get the Republic Wireless stuff over to you soon and that six-pack of awesome beer. Yeah, that was a sweet giveaway. Man, I'm hoping we can do more of these you know, in the future. Just giving away free stuff, giving away things that aren't ours to give is a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, That's pretty awesome. Maybe, one, maybe at some point we'll give away an autographed pair of your jorts. Oh, 
Yeah, I think those would would uh, go for a lot of money. You know how the show Arrested <laughs> Development, like you'll watch something in season one, oh, and then God. in season three it comes back. <laughs> the Jorts thing, I'm gonna, I'm telling you, it's gonna make an at least like every third episode, it's gonna make an appearance. Well, I thought you were gonna talk about what's his name being a, a never nude Tobias. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what's crazy is I never even watched uh, Arrested Development. I watched like the first season and just got sick of it because your sense of humor is lacking. I don't. Maybe so, man. Yeah. Like I, I think you and I, we have a little bit different sense of humor, and we do. We just we didn't dig it, man. Matt, real quick before we get into the topic of credit cards, I wanted to talk about um, last year and what that meant in the craft beer world because you know we like beer. Uh, found this stat interesting that it was a really fantastic year for craft beer in a lot of ways. We had almost a thousand breweries, new breweries, open up in the United States, nine hundred ninety-seven total. Uh, but on the flip side, we had one hundred and sixty-five breweries closed down. Um, so, kind of yeah. wanted to know your thoughts on this. It seems like you know craft beer. Feels like it's like flying high, but then there's this contracting in part of the industry too. So, uh, what do you think about all those breweries? Yeah, man, I think those breweries that well, I mean, it's competition, right? And so a lot of it, like, yes, there's still a ton of people out there that are wanting like a good local craft beer near where they're living. But there's a lot of breweries uh, that have been open for a while that you know may not be that good. <laughs> and so when you've kind of had these middle of the road breweries that aren't really crushing it locally and they're also not big enough to really you know work the system and, and make it happen from a distribution standpoint and i think those guys are the ones who are dropping out because there are a lot of these smaller guys that are starting out and are putting out new amazing stuff and you know giving those guys a run for their money yeah it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years because um, there's just not room to continue to grow at, uh, I think, at such a torrid pace that we've been at. And I think some of those bigger breweries, that some of the national and some of the uh, regional breweries just got used to growing at 25, 30% growth rates. Mm-hmm. And that's just not sustainable, especially with all the competition yeah. and how craft beer is getting more localized. So, you know, we've got so many more small, small craft breweries that we can bike to or oh, yeah. a quick drive. And so we're just buying a lot more locally. You know, you picked up a beer that we're going to have on the show hopefully next week. Oh, yeah. Uh, that is just from a, a, a brew pub down the street that started canning. And so yes. that's, just the, that's just kind of the trend right now. And, and I think we're going to see more of that. And I think we're going to see probably some more open that are all that are neighborhood focused, that are incredibly small. Yep. But yeah. that make their presence known in the community. And then we're going to see some of the, the bigger players, whether they're regional or national, either just losing steam and losing market share or also maybe getting to the point over, over a few years time where they like, shutter their doors completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was talking to a, a buddy over at Monday night, uh, Monday night brewing. And that's one of the things he was excited about seeing in the future is all of these, I mean, there's small towns across the country, you know, <laughs> like across every state, there's these, all these smaller towns. And even in these smaller towns, there's breweries that are kind of popping up. And they are becoming sort of like the local brewery that's making awesome beer. It's like the equivalent of like a farmer's market, except for it's beer. You know, instead yeah. of like going to your local farmer's market and getting fresh tomatoes and veggies in the summer or, or eggs, that's where you're getting your beer now. It's, it's sort of following that model. And that's exciting. Yeah. And I think the key to the whole thing, um, and I think it makes complete sense, is good beer. And I think oh, yeah. it doesn't matter uh, whether you're 
a big national brewer or you are my next door brew pub, there are a couple of local breweries that you and I rarely visit just because we don't really enjoy their beer. We don't think they're making great stuff. We try to support them and go every once in a while, but it's just, you know, it's not our favorite beers. Then there are other places really close to us that have amazing beers. For instance, the beer we're about to drink is one of our favorite beers and it's this big national brewery. And I think the key comes down to if you're making great beers and you're making what the public wants, it doesn't matter if you're distributed in all 50 states or you literally have to go to the place where it's made to pick it up. Yeah. As long as you're making good beer, it's going to sell. People are going to find you. Yeah. And the word of mouth in the craft beer scene is, is, is like worth its weight in gold. And so speaking of beer, we told you last week, Boulevard Brewing Company um, out of Kansas City was kind enough to send us two awesome bottles of beer and we had the grand crew last week which we were amazing super fond of (laughs) it was so good and uh this week we're cracking love child number eight so this is a uh, sour beer that they make annually or or twice a year yeah i think they do it once a year and it's a sour so it's a i mean literally in the complete opposite direction other end of the spectrum when it comes to beer light sour tart acidic you know all the different sort of qualities that you typically don't find in a stout blended with a quad, <laughs> which is what, the, what we had by them last week. I think I've, I started drinking this particular beer back when it was Love Child number five. I think Love Child number five was the first one I've had and then six. And I don't know if I had seven. So, Well, this, I love to read the labels and, and see what kind of quirkiness comes out there. This one's awesome because... Uh, what's it say? Specifically because it's a sour beer and it's got multiple different yeast strains in it, lactobacillus and brettanomyces, it says these may change over time because these beers do develop in the bottle. Uh So it says uh, these may change over time, but don't we all? So true, Boulevard. I mean, I I agree. I'm not the same man that I was yesterday. Yeah. I mean, it brings a a level of humanity to their beers. It's like, hey, just be patient. (laughs) All right, but let's pop Pop the top. Yeah. Mm, I love that sound, man. I know there's not not much better than that. This one is pouring a beautiful golden color. I'm just going to put it all in my glass. <laughs> what color is that? It's just almost like a nice golden amber, you know? Yeah, it's like a murky murky golden color. It's got a great nose to it. So this is why I'm super excited about this. I remember the Love Child's always being pretty aggressive with their acidity levels, which is one of the things I love. Yep, just had a taste. Still is. That's great. It's really got like, um, it's like a clean oh. version of a goose almost. Like a much cleaner. It's still got a little funk to it, but a little bit of funk, a little bit of sweetness, just the right amount of sweetness for me. Yeah. Man, that is. I really like delicious. Uh, some, a nice funk uh, factor to the beer. And on the back, too, I mentioned the label. They describe that it's got some funk, a fair amount of sour, and a little bit of fruit notes. So. Yeah, I kind of like those like scales like that to kind of help you understand oh, what, you're, yeah. what you're getting into when you pop the top. Super tasty. All right, Matt. So the first rule of using credit cards like a pro, pay them off every month. We're going to touch on some things that can help people that don't carry credit card debt, how to use their credit cards better, how to make wise decisions when it comes to you know what credit cards they get and how to utilize them. But the, the first rule, the very first thing you have to talk about, if you are listening to this and you don't pay off your credit card balance every month, that is your first and really most uh, glaring goal that you need to accomplish. You want to make sure that your credit card is getting paid off and that you're not accruing crazy amounts of interest. Yeah, man, that's step one. Like that's the very first thing you need to, need to do. Like before we get into like the little nuance and the tips or whatever. I mean, if you're carrying a balance and you're you're paying interest, you are not using a credit card like a pro, and you need to like 
go back and do that first. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially one-on-one, maybe even just like a remedial class that yeah, you need yeah. to take. Uh, and I know that you know there are a lot of people that have struggled with taking out too much credit card debt and and they're you know working on paying it back and, and it can be tough. So I just want to encourage you if you are one of those people struggling under a, a weight of credit card debt, like you can do it and there are a lot of tools out there to help you. But also know that it needs to be almost a singular focus for you to pay that off before you really start taking many of these other financial uh, lessons, financial ideas in, under consideration. Because if you're paying you know, 19, 22, 25% interest every month on this credit card, and you're only paying the minimum or you're paying more than the minimum, but you find it hard to really make much of a dent in that balance, you just need to be putting all of your efforts into that one area. I mean, unless you've got like, some sort of crazy title loan or something like that, that's right. even worse. I mean, this is probably the worst debt in your life percentage wise. Mm-hmm. And so all of your focus needs to be going at that. And I just encourage you that if you do have a lot of credit card debt, go at it, you can do it. Uh, and there's a lot of success stories out there of people not even making tons of money, but that are able to pay down their debt in a quick amount of time just by focusing on it uh, intently. Yeah, Joel, that's a good word of advice. And, and really, we want to encourage folks just to think about sort of your behaviors and your patterns. Like, you, we, like we want you to know yourself. And if you know that by applying for another credit card, that's going to maybe encourage you to go into more debt or maybe even spend more uh, than you typically would. And we'll kind of get into that later on. But this, this may not be the episode for you. <laughs> this may not be sort of the uh, sort of tweak or the maybe, you know, the sort of financial life hack that would be great for you to do. And so it's just important to kind of know yourself, know what your tendencies are and take that into account before you hop onto NerdWallet and start looking up all the best credit cards <laughs> right. that offer uh, sweet bonuses. And so one thing you should consider if you have credit card debt, whether it's you know a large balance or a small balance and you have good credit, the only reason we would encourage you to open up another credit card is if you could do this one thing, open up a credit card that has a promotional 0% interest rate. So if you've got a credit score and go back and listen to our episode on credit scores and how to improve that. Uh, but if you have a good credit score, that's typically 720, 740 or above. If you're in that range, you're likely getting offers in the mail with 0% promotional interest rates of 12, 15, 18 months. And if you've got a credit card balance, it would be wise to open up a 0% credit card, transfer the balance over and pay that likely 3% fee to do that. And then essentially give yourself 15 to 18 months to tackle it as quickly as possible where you're not paying any interest on the debt itself. And so if you have a good credit, it's worth kind of going down that path. And that's the only real reason that we would consider telling you to open up another credit card. But again, if it's going to cause you to, to snowball into more and more debt, it's not worth it. You just need to cut it off altogether, Mm -hmm. toss them in the freezer and just start paying it down with that laser-like focus. Yes, that's definitely more of a route for someone that's like turning over new leaf, right? If it's, if they're like, you know what, I'm, we're, we're done with this. We're, we're done carrying a balance. We're not going to have credit card payments anymore. It's going to take someone that is just all about knocking it out. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... 
Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're (laughs) You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Yeah, so now the rest of this podcast is dedicated to the people that use credit cards and pay them off every month. Yeah. If you are one of the people doing that, all the rest of these tips are for you. Yeah, man. So for those folks, a credit card is essentially a tool. You know, it's just like a great sort of product that we can sort of hack and, and use in a way that, you know, we essentially are able to work the system, kind of play the game and get some pretty sweet bonuses along the way. Yeah. And in our, in our country, we have a lot of people in credit card debt. And that actually allows people that use their credit cards wisely to get some great perks and great cashback rewards. And that's essentially because uh, people that are, you know, have the credit card debt and are paying high interest rates are subsidizing the people that 
get points and and they're they're subsidizing the rewards that that we get as credit card users that that use it wisely. And Matt, I kind of liken this system to in our state the uh, lottery ticket sales benefit middle class and upper class families by providing free pre K and free college. And I personally benefited from both of those things in this state. Yeah, yeah, same here. And uh, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that essentially it's a huge, yeah, I mean, huge transfer of wealth from the poorest yeah, it's people. A, it's a crappy system. Right? Yeah, who can't afford it? I, I don't think that's a good thing, but that is the way the system is currently constructed. And the credit card system is much the same way. And so I don't like it. I don't like that you know the poorest people who can't pay their bills are paying exorbitant interest rates, but it does provide an ability for us to get returns that we otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, Joe. So for better or worse, that's kind of one of the biggest benefits of uh, of the credit cards are the points, like the points and the cash back uh, or the miles, depending on you know all the different cards uh, out there have the different reward that they focus on, and that's the biggest reason why I use the credit card. Is is I mean we use it to pay for everything. I mean everything that we can possibly pay for with credit card, we we throw it on the credit card, and we yeah we get the cash back. So yeah, Matt, if you want to use a credit card like a pro. You're going to use credit cards that benefit you the most, and there's a lot of advertising in the credit card industry. Uh, you know, commercials all the time, nonstop. Uh, when you're web surfing, you know, you'll see ads on almost every website. You know, get this credit card. This one will make your life better. Go travel to Tahiti if you get this credit card. Mm-hmm. And I think unless you're really, really, really into the credit card game, the easiest and best thing for you to do when getting a credit card is to maximize cash back. Because there's all sorts of loopholes when it comes to booking travel. The loopholes, um, the blackout dates. Yeah. yeah. And maybe you think you want to travel. And maybe you didn't realize all the things that it took to actually redeem those rewards. And so I think the easiest thing for people to do is to get the highest percentage cash back that they can. And so my favorite two cards are the City Double Cash card. Because you get 1% when you make the purchase and another 1% when you pay. So that's 2% back. And the card that I use most of the time is the Fidelity Investments Visa Reward card. Mm-hmm. And that's 2% cash back that I can transfer into a retirement account. Nice. I can open up an investment account with Fidelity with the rewards. And the great thing about it is you're getting 2% on your money. If you transfer that money to a qualified Fidelity account, you could transfer it into a 529 account for your kids. There's all sorts of options with that card. But I think the easiest and best thing to do if you don't really know exactly what your spending's like, the 2% is just an easy thing to follow. There's all sorts of rotating rewards cards where every three months it's 5% in this category or that category. I think for most people, we're too busy. Like we don't, it's hard yeah. to keep track of, right? So oh, yeah, one next, of my cards has that too, where they're like, would you like to enroll in getting you know an extra 3% or whatever on home improvement stores? And it's just like, well, I mean, yeah, because I'm logged in, I'll click yes, because it doesn't require anything you know really extra of me. But uh, yeah, man, I'm totally with you. Like for us, we've never used a credit card for miles. We like to use it more as additional income as opposed to sort of like this bonus where we sort of get this thing and we kind of have this little prize and we get to do something with it. And by using that additional money to kind of plug back in our system where we've already sort of pre-decided what our priorities are. And then we'll use that to fund travel or we might use that to fund, you know, Atlanta United tickets or, or something else that fun that we might want to do. We keep it super simple and we're totally with you. Like we don't worry about the loopholes and just everything, all the hoops you need to jump through in order to make it work from a mile standpoint. Yeah. I think if you want the set it and forget it approach, then that's the easiest one to do. If you don't want to be thinking about 
fulfilling all these obligations in order to book the travel. The easiest thing is to pull out the 2% cashback card because likely the one you're using is offering you inferior rewards than 2%. Mm-hmm. And so switch to that card and get better rewards. I will say at different times, I've, I've gotten travel reward cards. And I usually, when I do that, I go for a specific airline. For instance, I recently got a Southwest credit card when they had a special with extra points. So I got 60,000 instead of the normal 40,000. And you know what? That's enough uh, points for me to book a round trip ticket for my whole family of four if I wait for a sale on Southwest across the country. Right. So that's a sweet deal. But just be careful when you're getting a credit card that offers you travel rewards points. Know what you're getting into. Know that you'll, you want to make sure you, you'll know how to redeem them. Uh, that's really important when you're considering what card you're going to get. And if you know you're not going to go through those steps, just go with simple 2% cashback cards. Yeah. But yeah, man, those points, the cashback... And then for me, man, recently, the past few years, I've been really into the sign-up bonuses. That's another sort of pro that I feel like we've been able to work. And honestly, just about every three months or so, I'll apply for a new card uh, that's offering anywhere between 300 to $800 for a sign-up bonus if you spend a certain amount of money within you know, like typically three months or something like that. Yeah. So when you're considering what credit card you're going to get, consider what the rewards are and whether you're actually going to know how to use them. And if you're not going to take the time to figure out how to redeem the miles, don't be swayed by a commercial and sign up for a credit card just because, ooh, I want to go to Tahiti. Instead, get a cashback credit card and consider the sign-up bonus too. So some of these credit cards are going to offer you know richer sign-up bonuses, and it might be worth it to make three hundred bucks off the bat if you're going to fulfill those obligations of spending within the first ninety days. That can be a, a really great perk of getting a new credit card too. Yeah, and a good place to look those up would be NerdWallet.com. They basically have all the credit cards. They've reviewed them all. They kind of have all the information laid out side by side, so you can. It's really easy to kind of compare, look at the different costs associated with it, and the different percentage of cashback that you get plus any sort of sign-up bonuses uh, on there as well. So that's a great tool. Yeah. Another way to use a credit card like a pro, it's easier to track than cash. So if you have been kind of working on a cash system that has its pros as well, you usually tend to spend less, but I love how easy it is to track my credit card spending in Mint. I just tie it straight in there. It's easy to kind of run through how I've spent my money uh, over the past month or yesterday even, just based on how I use my credit cards and I can see kind of you know how our family's doing overall pretty quickly mm-hmm. and where our money goes. It's just so much easier to track. Yes, man. And if you listen back to our episode on budgets, I think it was episode number two, that's basically the easiest way to get started on creating a budget is looking at your actual expenses. And the easiest way to do that is looking at your credit card statement from the from the month before. So a lot of times people are get overwhelmed, you know, they don't know, even know where to start when it comes to making a budget. And the best place to start is by looking at what you typically spend. And it's easy to do that by, again, yeah, just looking at your credit card statement, man. Another pro of using a credit card is that fraudulent charges and unauthorized transactions cannot be held against you like they can with a debit card. Yeah. Have you ever uh, dis- disputed a fraudulent charge on, on your card before? I don't know if I've disputed a fraudulent charge, but I've definitely filed a chargeback against a merchant for not delivering goods like they should have. Okay, nice. And so that's definitely a a perk of using a credit card. And I will say debit cards, many of them provide uh, some of these same features of the credit card on their own, but they're not legally held to the same standard as credit cards. And so using a credit card for your purchases does put you in a better situation when it comes to your rights. And typically too, with a credit card, I mean, if there's an unauthorized transaction that's not money out of your pocket yet. Like it's charged on the card and you can dispute it. 
but that's one of the disadvantages of uh, say like a debit card, right? Like folks say that like, oh, you have the same kind of protection. It's a Visa card. It's still got that protection. Well, except with a debit card, like that money is already out of your wallet. Like, and you got to get it back. Yeah. And you've got to get it back versus saying that like, oh no, this isn't something I, I charged on, you know, with your credit card. And in that case, by the time the statement actually rolls around and by the time you have to actually pay, it'll, it's going to roll off. They'll, you know, they'll address it. Same thing with, uh, you know, booking a rental car or a hotel or something like that. They'll put a hold on your account usually. Mm-hmm. And when you have a credit card, you don't have to worry about that. But if you have a debit card and you overdraw your account because they put a hold on it, you're liable for overdraft fees. Yeah, man. It's been a long time actually since I've had a, an actual, you know, fake fraudulent charge, whatever my credit card. I mean, it was years ago. The credit card company caught it before I did. And they gave me a call and we're just like, hey, are you making plane ticket purchases in like Israel? And I was like, nope, it's not me. <laughs> yeah. And in that case, it was super easy. I was, I just said, these are not my charges and they just shut down the account. They sent me a new card, you know, and it was super easy. So one tip, if you want to use your credit card, you're worried about getting into debt, and you want the perks of using a credit card, but you kind of want that ease of mind of paying with a debit card and knowing that that's taken care of, there's a really cool new app called Debitize. And essentially, Debitize uses your credit card, but treats it like a debit card. How does it work, man? Because that sounds awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So you make purchases on your credit card like you normally would. They deduct the amount from your checking account every day. And at the end of the month, they pay your credit card bill. So, oh, weird. Yeah. So it's really cool. Like it feels like it's this day by day thing and you're not racking up this like huge $4,000 bill or $2,000 bill at the end of the month. You're paying it off every day. So you're actually seeing the balance in your account shrink, but you're using a credit card and you have those perks of a credit card without accruing a huge debt that you might or might not be able to pay at the end of the month. If you want to check that out, go to debitize.com and you can see the details. And then the one of the last advantages of using a credit card is like the built-in sort of rental car insurance, like the purchase protection or like the extended warranties, anything like that. I personally have never used that. It's been there in, in case something like that were to happen. But but yeah, man, I've never actually had to like sort of like tap into that feature of, of, of a credit card. So I, I don't have personal experience as far as that goes. I have actually used the rental car insurance have you really? with my credit card one time. I got in a minor accident in South Africa. And, uh, uh, and so it came in really helpful. Uh, it saved me a lot of money. Was it easy? Yeah, it was super easy to was use it? too. Yeah. So I would say, look at those, those services that your credit card offers, like trip cancellation insurance, rental car coverage, uh, the extended warranty. So specifically, let's say you're buying a television. You'll want to make sure you use the credit card in your wallet that offers a doubling of the warranty offered by the manufacturer. Manufacturer's warranty, yeah. So it's really, some of those perks are really neat. You just have to remember that they're there and you have to meet all the requirements. So for instance, when you're booking a rental car, you have to make your initial booking reservation with that credit card and then actually pay with that credit card as well. If you don't do both, you're not going to be covered. Right. So make sure you read the fine print, but there are some really cool perks that credit cards offer besides just the rewards that they tout there are awesome protections for you on top of that. You know, one yeah. of my credit cards offers like a concierge service so I could get tickets to, I never use it because... sounds fancy. It sounds too fancy for me. Concierge, please. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I really wanted tickets to like, I don't know, Taylor Swift, last minute tomorrow night, I don't know, I could call Obviously. them. They, they, I don't know, they might have the hookup. I have no idea. So that's kind of cool. Make sure, you know, look in those fine prints and, and see kind of what your credit card offers and make sure you're making the right purchases with each credit card because... There's some cool stuff. I know some fancy travel credit cards 
offer you free admission to uh, airport lounges. And that can be nice. a really cool perk if you travel a lot. Yeah. That would be something good to look at, I guess, if you know you're about to make a bigger purchase uh, somewhere where it would be, you know, say extra handy to, like Joel said, to kind of have that extended warranty or, you know, like if you know you're going to be traveling, it definitely might be worth looking at that card. Obviously, make sure you don't have a foreign transaction fee um, associated with that card when you're, when you're traveling. But yeah, man, I couldn't imagine being in another country and then get, getting in a wreck, like having that extra insurance, essentially, super valuable. Yeah. And I want to say too, that uh, at some point, I hope to get into like the travel hacking thing. And I know there's a lot of people that are super into travel hacking and using credit cards, essentially opening a credit card, taking the perks and the signup bonuses and booking a whole trip for their family for $50 or less. And and that's really cool. And I love that idea for me. I'm just not brushed up enough on that and not interested in brushing up enough yet. Uh, But hopefully, you know, at some point when I have more free time, I look, look forward to using credit cards for stuff like that. Yeah. And I love that idea, but I'm just not there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, man. I look forward to the day when I have to do all the uh, mile researching because <laughs> that, that means I'll be traveling a lot more and have a lot more time. Don't quite have that at the moment. Yeah. With you've got three young kids. I've got two young kids. We're just traveling once a year, you know, if we're lucky right yeah, now. Yeah. Not doing much jet setting with our, with our kids in tow. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the cons of using a credit card real quick, Matt. Yeah. Those were all the pros that we just covered. You know, every all the advantages and, and benefits of, of using a credit card. And there's definitely some some cons, uh, some things that we need to be wary of, uh, make sure we're not getting hammered or, or paying more than we need to be paying. Yeah, Matt, one of the first, I put this in parentheses, cons is annual fee credit cards. And so there are a lot of credit cards that charge you an annual fee. And I will say for most people, it is a con because they're not getting their money's worth. They might be paying a $75, $95, $100 annual fee and they're not making their money back because they're not using their rewards properly. Yeah, a lot of times those those annual fees are associated with cards that have slightly higher cash back and you think, oh man, that'll totally be, be worth it. But in a lot of those cases, sometimes those will be business cards or just sort of these fancy personal cards and you need to be spending a lot of money on that card. Fact is, you don't need to be encouraged to spend more money just to make sure you're getting your money's worth out of your annual fee card. There, there's something kind of messed up and twisted about that thinking that like, oh man, I got to make sure it's worth it for me to keep this card with an annual fee. Therefore, I need to spend extra money so I get the extra rewards and slippery slope. Yeah, that you, that, just don't do that. <laughs> yeah, so I mentioned my Southwest card that I got uh-huh. that uh, will, when we book on a sale, give us probably four round trip tickets pretty easily across the country for our family which is awesome. That's like the reason I got it because I I had it in mind. I'm going to book tickets to go see my family in the Northwest and uh, it carries an annual fee, but it's worth it because I know what I got Mm. from signing up. And after I book those tickets, I might cancel it. Yeah. Oh man, absolutely. (laughs) That's kind of my MO. Like it's the same thing. Like if there's a card that I'm going to sign up for that has a really sweet sign up bonus, like one specifically that I recently redeemed and got 850 bucks cash. Cash back, man. That's huge. Granted, that card had a $95 annual fee. And so you just got to take that into account. And so in reality, it's not $850. It's more like $750. But even still, that's the biggest cash back sign-up bonus that there is out there right now. And if you can just keep that in mind and take that into account when you're weighing the benefits out there, sometimes annual fee isn't a huge deal uh, as long as you're aware of it. Yeah. Another con of using credit cards is your tendency to overspend. And that's been well-documented throughout the years. Using plastic just doesn't register with our brain in the same way as handing over physical bills and change. Mm -hmm. And so 
if you're not able to control your spending when you're using plastic, like we talked about earlier, I think you really need to consider going to a cash system. I mean, I think credit cards are great for a lot of reasons, uh, but if you know yourself and in particular, you know, you can't handle it, then moving not even just to a debit card, but moving to cash could be the way for you to pay for most things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And so then another con, I guess that I'll, I want to touch on too, is sort of the trap of paying for your purchases from yesterday, like yesterday's purchases tomorrow. And what I mean by that is thinking that like, cool, man, there's something I want to get like today, like right now, but I don't quite have the money. Like people know that it takes close to a month before that charge shows up on the statement, you know, like once your monthly statement comes in. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to buy that coach purse. Yeah. Yeah. Or that Atlanta United Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. That's more like it. (laughs) Uh, And I want to pay for it for a month and a half. It's going to be awesome. I'll, I'll have the money back by then. They're about the same price too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then it's another month almost before that statement is even due. And so basically, you're making charges today, assuming that you'll have the money, you know, in the future. But like for us, our income fluctuates. Someone might be out of work or something like that. You know, where where they don't have the, or even other expenses that come up. There's just other things that that kind of come up. And so, when you put yourself on that cycle of of being anywhere between thirty and sixty days sort of removed from that purchase. I just feel like that's sort of a, another slippery slope where you can essentially just end up overspending. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's a common reason that people get into a lot of credit card debt yeah. is because they think I can make this purchase now and pay for it. Like, It'll be fine. A couple of months from now and I will have the money. Yeah. But if you think that way about too many purchases, you're not going to have the money in two months. And yeah. so that's that's a huge issue. And, and then it becomes just this sick cycle that repeats itself. And in the same way that you know putting your money into an investment account where that compounding interest makes such a huge difference to your bottom line over time. The same thing happens in the opposite direction with credit cards. Yeah, yeah. Kind of get stuck in that opposite cycle. Well, let's say you're just paying the minimum payment every month. If you look at your statement, it, it tells you if you paid the minimum payment, it might take you 37 years to pay off this debt. And that's like legitimately, it, it, it could say 37 years, 47. Like it could be forever if you're only paying the minimum payment. Essentially, if you're paying the minimum payment allowed by your credit card issuer every month, you're accruing interest, your balance is not being cut down significantly and you're going to be in debt for such a long period of time. It's not even funny. Yeah. Indefinitely. (laughs) Yeah. And so that sort of mentality when it comes to using a credit card uh, actually means you're, you're not fit for using a credit card and you need to really consider moving to cash or, uh, and, and doing that, taking that focused approach towards your debt. Like we talked about earlier on. Yeah, man. And like the way we use credit cards is we literally pay them off, you know, at the end of every month, essentially what your that new app that you're talking about does, which I'm totally going to look into because that's like right up my alley. Um, But yeah, I mean, we track our expenses every month. And then literally on the, you know, after the last day of the month, um, I schedule a payment for all the charges for that month. And that's before, you know, the statement even rolls in because for us, I just want to make sure that we're on top of our expenses um, that we're sort of don't have this backlog of, of charges that we owe. And it just helps us to stay on top of things and stay organized. Yeah. And that's a great tactic for people to ensure they're using their credit card wisely is to pay before the statement even comes in. And it's really easy to do that online. Essentially choose the date at the end of the month, like you said, or, or, or figure out a system that works for you. Mm-hmm. But whatever you have to do to minimize your chances of getting into recurring credit card debt, you want to do it. And that's a great tactic for ensuring that you never fall down that path. Yeah. 
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money joel so we were just recounting our trip to scotland this is the trip that we took this time last year actually with some of our friends over the weekend and one of the highlights from edinburgh was stumbling upon the absolute best meat pie shop. Mm -hmm. They were fresh out of the oven. They had that perfectly flaky crust. But guess what? That serendipitous experience would never have happened if we'd stayed at a boring hotel. We had found the perfect flat in the coolest part of town, thanks to Airbnb. Ah, Matt, I'm still dreaming about those meat pies. You're (laughs) You're making me drool. And while turning to Airbnb might be a no brainer when you're looking to spend some money on travel, it might not be the first thing you think of when you're looking to make some money. Why let it sit empty, your house, when it could be earning extra income, though? It's the financially smart thing to do. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra dough. Yeah, that's right. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, so let's talk about how many credit cards should people have, Matt? And what should those credit cards consist of? We already kind of talked about how we like cash back cards, but how many credit cards do you think the typical person should have? I have like currently open like five. 
Yeah, five's a good number. I think Is any, it? good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think average person anywhere between three and five. And that's because of the credit utilization rate that we talked about in our How to right. Improve Your Credit Score podcast episode, which you can check out. Uh, but I think there's a few reasons that you want multiple. Let's say your credit line gets reduced or a credit card gets canceled because you're not using it enough. You want to make sure you have other lines of credit available to you. Uh, and you, you don't want to be essentially SOL when it comes to having a credit card that you can use. The other thing is, I think you want to be able to maximize rewards. So I think for the person that is really, really lazy about it, and I would I would put myself like just a little bit above that on, on, right. the, on the scale of using credit cards. So most of my usages, I go to the 2% card, but I have a couple others that I know that I can use for certain things. So I use the uh, Costco card. That's one of my other main cards that I use. And I'll tell you why. It's because... I can get 4% cash back on gas. So I always use it when I get gas. 3% cash back on restaurants and travel. So I always use it when I go out to eat or nice. when I'm doing travel stuff and 2% back when I go to Costco. So obviously I always use it at Costco. And then for everything else, I use my 2% card. That's just kind of my one leg up to on some purchases, I make a little bit more than 2%. But I think for most people, you know, if you've got 12 cards and you're trying to figure out which card do I use at the supermarket, which card do I yes. use for book and travel stuff, that, that gets a little like, at least for me, it's too much uh, yeah. mentally. Uh, and so I try to keep it simple with literally three credit cards that I cycle back and forth between. But I think anywhere between three and five is probably a good number for you for a bunch of different reasons. And just make sure you can uh, have a simple enough method of knowing when to use them so that you can do it the right way with every purchase consistently. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing there is just to not overcomplicate it. It's not like we're making bank. Like <laughs> You're not making a ton of money with these different bonuses and the cash back. This isn't a way to create an income. This is a way you know, just to have like a nice little bonus at the end of the month or at the end of every, every few months. So for the longest time for us, we've had essentially two main cards that we use. We kind of have like the, oh, our main go-to card that we use for like in-person purchases. So if you go to the store and you know, when we're handing the card over in person. But then for all like essentially like utilities and online purchases and things like that. We kind of have this other like a separate card from my standpoint, like keeping it with finances. It helps me to sort of mentally organize what purchases are where. That being said, when I have recently signed up for like a new sort of sign up bonus card though, that's when I hit that one card hard across the board. <laughs> you got to man, you got to meet those requirements. Yeah, yeah, cuz sometimes they're pretty steep, you know? They can be like 4 to 5,000 dollars in 3 months and it can be like kind of tough cuz we, we try to live pretty frugally and so I have to try to make sure I get a bunch of business expenses on there and uh yeah, I got to got to hit that quota. But in those instances though, I really like having that single car because it's super easy, incredibly simple, laser focused. We're using this one card for everything and we get the cash back, but then on top of that, like I said, you know, you get get that sign up bonus anywhere between like three to five hundred, and in some cases even even eight hundred or eight hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, and I, I think one other quick point is you'll probably want to get a Visa and a Mastercard, any sort of mix of the three major credit card companies. Visa, Mastercard, Amex. Yeah, you'll want to get different logos on on a couple different cards, just because of where credit cards are accepted, and just make sure you have. One Visa, one MasterCard, one Visa, one American Express. You know, whatever suits your 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 needs. Just make sure it's not three Visas, uh, just just in case. Or three Amexes, or three Discover cards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, we don't take Discover, but that's all I have. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. And, and real quick, Matt, let's touch on closing a credit card. Yeah, we just admitted that we close credit cards, right? I, I think that if you are getting one for the sign up bonus only, essentially, and 
you're done with it. You've used the bonus and you're done with it. And you don't want to pay that annual fee. That's a decent reason to close a credit card. I think for the most part, closing credit cards is a bad idea and you don't want to close them for no reason. The annual fee really is, in my mind, the only good reason to close a credit card. Yeah, man, I completely agree. I'm not going to pay that annual fee. You know, I'm not going to pay a hundred bucks a year just to have this card if I'm not going to reap some huge reward. So when the time comes, I, I really do close it though. You know, we, we covered this in the credit score episode, how the length of credit history, like that only makes that 15% of your entire score. And so, you know, you close a card, that portion of your credit score, that 15% might drop a little bit. And, you know, you'll see a, a change in, on your credit score, but it'll rebound pretty quickly. That's not going to impact you like, uh, say over utilizing your credit cards. Yeah, just make sure you know what you're doing when you're playing the game because you, you want to make sure your credit utilization rate is not impacted greatly and that your age of credit history isn't impacted greatly by closing a card. If you're closing one, make sure you have three others, right? That have low balances. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you're going to want to make sure that you know what you're doing when you close the card and that you already have a good score. And yeah, you, I mean, that's not something you want to do, especially when you're, if you're considering taking out a new loan, uh, say for a new home or, or something like that. A lot of times I've found from personal experience that it's tough to know what exactly is going to happen to your credit score. And so it kind of just takes some messing with it. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny to say, but it's not really that big of a deal. Like it's constantly changing. Just make sure you're not trying to say apply for a new mortgage for like your first home, something like that, where if your credit score drops some, uh, a few points where you'd be more negatively impacted. Yeah. And just make sure you're not messing with it. Like Matt said, at a point where you're going to need it to where be you're gonna need it. Exactly. At its very best. Yeah. So you know what? Hey, I'm getting a mortgage in two months or I'm applying, but you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to do this credit card hack real quick and, and sign up for this awesome bonus and then cancel it next week. Yeah. Uh, I want to do five credit card hacks. <laughs> Sign up for all of them and drop them all. That's that's something you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. And it's <laughs> totally fine if you're completely settled in your house. You don't need yeah, access to any yeah. credit anytime soon. Your credit score doesn't really mean much to you. But if you're even close to thinking about getting a loan for anything, uh, you don't want to take part in this. So just make sure that you're wise when it comes to closing a credit card because your credit score matters for a lot of reasons and you don't want to negatively impact it uh, even in the short term unless you really know what you're doing. Cool, man. Let's uh, let's go ahead and get to some Facebook questions now. Like right before we sat down to record, I like tossed up a post up in our group, <laughs> and a uh, bunch of folks have commented, which is totally awesome. So uh, let's let's get to some of these questions, uh, see what folks are saying. All right, Brian mentioned uh, not a question but a statement, and it's an awesome one. He says we put all of our expenses on a credit card that we can and pay the bill monthly. We got to be disciplined. We have a USAA limitless cashback card, and we earn two and a half percent back on all purchases. And Brian, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of this card. That's pretty sweet. I looked it up. It's pretty neat. It is better than even the 2% cards we were talking about. So if you are a USAA member and direct deposit your paychecks into their bank, you can get this USAA limitless cashback card and earn 2.5% back on everything. That's pretty sweet, man. And then Zach wrote in, Matt, to talk about something we just talked about. He said, when should you cancel a credit card? Should it be based on time, minimal use, or when a better deal comes along? I mean, yeah, we essentially just kind of talked about that. But to, for a quick recap, if you don't have an annual fee, keep it open. It'll help you maintain a low credit utilization rate, which is great for your credit score. And it's always kind of there if you want to be able to take advantage of maybe a sweet promotion that they're doing. Hey, and the, the only reason to cancel is an annual fee where you feel like you're not getting the benefit from the card. And even in that, you need to be careful, right? Like we talked about. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt. Also, Josh Roden says, should I pay off all my credit card debt before saving for a down payment on a house? Or should I try to do both? And if my rent is lower than my mortgage would be, should I stay where I am until I'm at least credit card debt free? 
So those are, yeah, two separate questions. Uh, the first one, should I pay off credit card debt before saving up for a house? And I think to that one, we, we would both say yes. I mean, because typically credit card debt, I mean, if you have anything lower than 20% that you're paying to a credit card, you've got a great credit card. But it doesn't even matter if, it's, if you're paying 10% to a credit card. You want to get rid of that. That's, I mean, that's a high interest rate. You're not going to do better than that in savings. So Yes, exactly. And you're definitely not going to do better than that when it comes to seeing equity grow in a home. Uh, so first things first, pay off that credit card. And I think you'll be shocked and surprised at how quickly you are then able to save up for a down payment on a house. And I think his second question actually reinforces what we just said, because his rent is lower than his mortgage. If your rent is lower than what a mortgage would be where you're buying, you should strongly consider continuing to rent yeah. because of the costs that are associated with buying a house and then maintaining a house. If you're happy renting and you're happy where you are and you're in a good situation and the rent is reasonably low, which it sounds like it is where you are, I think uh, renting is the best option there. And uh, Matt, really soon on the podcast, we definitely need to cover the age old debate of renting versus buying. Yeah, man, there's nothing wrong with renting, you know, live that rent life. It's, it's pretty nice. Not have to worry about uh, doing all those household things that we, yeah, we could we could talk a, a whole episode about that that alone. So. Yeah, we'll do that real soon. So yeah, Josh, I would say pay off your credit card debt first and stay in that rental that's reasonably cheap. And eventually, you know, you'll find the right time to get into that house of your very own. But now sounds like it's not quite the right time. All right, Joel, let's uh, get back to this beer. I feel like we like all the beers that we have on here. Uh, I haven't really had bad words to say about almost any of the beers we've had, but. I think it's because we carefully select and we pick good beers. I mean, thanks to Boulevard for sending this one. This is uh, really tasty. I'm a huge fan. I mean, it really is in that if you've had some of the older love childs, it's right in that vein. It's like a freaking sibling of the ones that came before it. <laughs> and it's it's it's, it's beautiful. The sibling of the previous love child exactly. and the previous love child before that. It's delicious, man. I, I really love how sour it is. They're it's just, nice and tart. Yeah. It really has a great tartness to it. It's still fruity though. This is nice and well balanced and rounded and uh, it's great. Yeah. And enough of that funk that kicks in that it's not just sour. It kind of gives it like it's a well-roundedness some, to yeah, it. Yeah. It's got some interest to it other than just sourness. Yeah. So Love Child number eight, you can probably get it in your local bottle shop or maybe your, maybe your local grocery store. Your fancier grocery store. Yeah. You're not going to be able to pick this up at Aldi. No, well, no, definitely <laughs> not. And actually, uh, you know, one of our listeners wrote us a note the other day said that Aldi actually has a good beer. So Matt, we're going really? to test that out. Do you remember what it was? I don't remember, but I'll look it up. Maybe we'll give it a shot on a future show because I do kind of like the idea of drinking beers that a lot of other people out there can get. And so we'll try to do that more and more um, so that if you hear about the beer that we're drinking and you you want to partake, uh, that you can you know run out to your local shop and grab yeah. it. All right, Matt, it's so a quick recap. Using your credit cards like a pro. Yeah, man. The first thing you need to make sure you're doing is paying off your card every single month. You do not need to be carrying a balance. You do not need to only be making the minimum payments. Uh, the credit card companies are are working you like a pro uh, when that's the case. And if, if you're not doing that, do not pass go. Do not collect yeah. $200. <laughs> go back to square one. Pay off your balance every month. And until you can get there, the rest of these things don't matter. But assuming you've already done that, there are some sweet advantages and, and pros to, to using credit cards. The first of which is cash back. Man, you can get some sweet little bonuses at the end of, end of the month or end of every couple months. And maybe even a sweet bonus for signing up. Another pro, the credit cards are easier to track than cash spending. And so cash might curb your spending, but using a credit card can be really helpful 
for seeing where your money goes, tracking it either on your balance sheet that comes in the mail or online every month, or tracking it through an app like Mint. Using a credit card just makes it really easy to see exactly where your money's going. Yeah, especially helpful if you're trying to create a budget for the first time. There are cons to credit cards too. And even someone who's using a credit card like they should be used, a con can be an annual fee. And so if you're spending 75, 95 or more dollars a year on an annual fee, but you're not getting the bang for your buck when it comes to rewards, you might want to consider closing that credit card. Yeah, I mean, and uh, another downside to using credit cards is the tendency to overspend. Uh, instead of feeling you know, the bills, your cash leave your wallet, when you use plastic, sometimes you don't feel it as much. So if you're not tracking and keeping up with your expenses, uh, it's really easy to, to overspend and, and even blow through your budget. Yeah, it's tougher to see a clean, crisp greenback fly out of your fingers than it is to just slide or insert your credit card, really. Yeah, man. So consider paying off your credit card, not at the end of every billing statement, but literally at the end of every month. We found that that's incredibly helpful for us to stay on top of our expenses. We don't fall behind that way. And if it's kind of tricky for you to keep up with them, yeah. check out that app that Joel mentioned. It's Debitize, which is D-E-B-I-T-I-Z-E, which sounds awesome. And I literally, I'm totally going to check that out because that, that sounds like something right up my alley. It might be a way to, for us to simplify our life. Yeah. And another tip, how many credit cards should you have? Well, probably between three and five. Yeah. And that's for your credit utilization rate. And just in case one of your credit cards gets canceled, you want to make sure you have enough lines of credit available to you. And on top of that, you can maximize your rewards by having, you know, between three and five, you have specific credit cards for specific usages. Like I mentioned, having a 2% cashback card for everyday purchases, and then having other credit cards that give you higher amounts that specialize in certain things. But don't overdo it because you want to make sure that your system's easy enough that it's not going to annoy you and that you're going to actually be able to use your credit cards properly for maximum benefit. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Our home on the web is howtomoney.com. Check it out. We'll have some show notes up there for you. Yeah, we'll link to things like Debitize and some of the credit cards that we think are best. And until next time, Joel. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. 
Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.